welcome back to another awesome episode of Nerds Around, guys. I'm your host, Sebastian. It's your boy, Law. And your boy, Tone, from across the hall. And we're kicking off another creator series celebrating a Kickstarter by the one, the only, Matt Shore. How you doing, Matt? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. 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 Hanging in there. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. We want to congratulate you on the Kickstarter called Monster Hunter, by the way. So to start this episode, I want you to go in, give the whole sales pitch on the Kickstarter, let our fans know, let everyone know out there in the internet verse about the Kickstarter, what we can expect, what are some of the rewards and everything that people can look forward to and the whole backstory. Okay, sure. Uh, Monster Hunter for Hire is a horror comedy anthology comic. We've got uh, four short stories all centered around a guy named Tommy who for a living, he hunts monsters. And the twist here is hunting monsters uh, as a job it sucks. Uh, the pay is bad, uh, the, the hours are long, and the work is just dangerous. So there's really nothing redeeming about this job. The only thing is he doesn't know how to do anything else. So every, every story is just another mission that he has to go on to try to take down some kind of monster. And every single time it blows up in his face and it does not work the way that he intended. Uh, I always tell people this character is a cross between Ash from Evil Dead and uh, Al Bundy from Married with Children because <laughs> that's such a unique relationship yeah. Uh, comparison. Yeah, definitely. I, I was like, when I saw Monster Hunter, like I immediately went to The Witcher and then I read what you were talking about. I was like, yeah, I was completely off. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to say this right now. Let everyone know in the beginning that the Kickstarter is in the description. Make sure you go there. Let's get this 100% funded. Get this book out there. Support indie creators because, yes. again, I, I want to see a character in people's hands, a book in people's hands that has a character that's a mix between Al Bundy and Ash. The Kickstarter ends December 4th? December 4th. Yes. So it's December 4th. 4th. We got time, people. Let's do this. Yes. Let's, let's, let's give a Black Friday sale. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, what was the thought process with creating this character? Like, because like again, from from all of us here, creators and everything, I know sometimes it's some madness or something that we're sitting there creating a character. So, what was the thought process between creating Tommy and the world of Matt Monster Hunter? Well, it came from like so many things, like uh, something I started a while back and uh, never quite got a chance to finish, and then revisited it. It was it started with a project I did on a uh, another anthology series that fell apart. But I really liked this character. I liked the idea of this guy who hunts monsters and just hates it. Because uh, we've, we've seen stories where people are hunting these creatures of the night and it's just mundane and usual for them. And I said, well, it might be a little more interesting to have one where he just, because we, we all have had jobs that we can't stand. So why not go that route with it? Like, Because it, to me, it makes sense. Like hunting a vampire would be a miserable thing to do. You got to uh, hide out at night and wait for this thing. And, uh, and say goodbye to the sleep schedule. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> nothing, nothing glorifying find, about it. Find a way to, yeah, find a way to catch it off guard. And if you slip up just once, you're dead. So it's it's got to be the world's worst job to have. So it, it just kind of made sense to go that route with it. Yeah. But like I said, I it was part of another project that didn't get finished and I held on to it because I loved that idea. And so from there, I just started coming up with other uh, story concepts for it. So, uh, you know, in addition to a vampire, we've got a mission where he goes after a werewolf, which of course that doesn't go the way he plans. He also uh, hunts down a mummy in a museum. And uh, 
digging into some folklore, there's a, a story where he's hunting a giant up in the mountains. And like I said, every single time there's a, some kind of twist because I was, I grew up a big fan of the, the EC comics and tales from the crypt, which Ooh. always had that real brutal twist towards the end. Just to, again, turn it all around on the, the hero of the story. So every single time I had to do that to Tommy. Poor God. <laughs> I'm glad poor, poor guy. I'm, yeah. like, I feel, I'm intrigued. I'm going to read it. I'm going to yeah. like be excited, but I feel immediately bad and heartbroken. Seriously, clearly him. there's definitely no hazard pay involved in, uh, in this uh, type of world. And, you know, a little a question about it. I'm, I'm a big like Lord, you know, fan of different things. So like, is he part of a group of monster hunters or is it, is like, is monster hunting thing? You just like, you apply online like and then, fell, you know, like he fell like, into this like circumstance. Like if I go to glassdoor.com, <laughs> like you, you can look up monster hunting and you've got Tommy there just giving it like, just I wonder what his terrible reviews. Looks like. Yeah. Like, you know, like, is there, you know, a little bit, uh, is there any sort of backstory like that? Or is just more like anthology and it's kind of like, this is just the way the world is and you're just going to experience it like that. At this point, it's mostly anthology. Tommy does his work alone. Um, he's a freelancer. He, he finds the mission, and then he just goes and he tries to take care of it. Sometimes it works. Most times it does not. <laughs> In terms of creating the monsters, how do you go about creating the monsters that he hunts? Do you go with the um, traditional um, way that the monsters work, or do you go yeah. in a new stylized uh, version of those monsters that he's dealing with? Oh, the answer is honestly yes and no, because what, uh, again, like, like I said, uh, there's always this twist that, that kind of comes back to bite him. Uh, yeah, so like with a werewolf, everyone is pretty familiar with the concept of using a silver bullet to kill them. So he goes into every mission, like most of the time, knowing like, uh, okay, here's what I got to do. Here's what I got to take it out. And this is what I need. Um, doesn't always work that way. I don't want to throw out too much and uh, spoil no, anything. Uh, no spoil but I will anymore. say with the... Uh, one of my favorite ones that I came up with for the, was for the giant because for a giant, you need something really big, but I didn't want him just carrying around a rocket launcher. So <laughs> he has this sort of uh, makeshift, I call it a quad barrel elephant gun. This enormous four barrel. What? That he's oh, is that, the, uh, I've seen is that what, is that what you have on the Kickstarter page when he's yes. walking in the mountains? That's it. Okay. Yeah. I was that looking was at that. I was like, that's a pretty solid piece. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> that was one where I uh, I described it for the artist uh, Alex Garcia, and that was one of the few times uh, I came back and asked him to make some changes because I said, "Okay, we need to make this gun bigger. <laughs> it's got to be bigger." But um, yeah, you got a great team that's working with. So you have Alex Garcia, Alex Green, and then Joe. You worked with Joe before on a, on a previous project, which I want to you know talk about. But how was it assembling that team? Um, how did you guys get together? Because I want to also touch up on networking in, um, our, in the comic book field. So how was it getting together with everyone? Sure. Um, Joe is the one I've worked with the longest and I love Joe's art. Uh, so I uh, connected with Joe previously on uh, digital webbing. It's a forum specifically for creators to connect writers and artists to get together to work on projects. I've used it many times. And I know of other creators have used it as well. So, I mean, if anybody out there is looking for a fantastic resource to connect with an artist or a writer, just whatever, uh, Digital Webbings is a fantastic one to go for. Uh, the other one, um, uh, Alex Garcia, I got to know him through actually a fellow creator. So that was more of a person-to-person -person thing. A guy named Todd Black, who I met at another convention, and we hit it off and we've just been 
friends and stay connected ever since. When I was looking for an artist, he connected me with his guy, uh, Alex Garcia. It's all just a combination of uh, like digital webbing and just getting to know somebody through somebody else. So if you're getting into indies, uh, networking is vital. That, that's how you get to know people. That's how you find other people to work with. It's, yeah, the way of the world, really. That's, yeah. that's kind of like how I met Law and, and, and met Tony. Tony, it was like we were neighbors. I was like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? You want to come over and get some beers and watch wrestling? And then with, with Law, we were in the comic book field. He was cosplaying a really, really awesome um, Batman Beyond mixed with a Sith Lord. And I was yeah. like, dude, I am a fan of what you just <laughs> created right now. And it's funny. I, I can't I can't take all credit for that. That was literally <laughs> our buddy Yun who did like a rough sketch of it like years prior. And then my buddy was like, Hey, I wanna have like a Sith uh, or I wanna have like a Jedi inspired or a Star Wars inspired uh, DC mashup group. And I was like, I have something for that. And I told him like yo, I need you to finish that sketch. So that's literally his brain, brainchild <laughs> that I was like, I'm going to bring it to life. And he's like, you're a madman. I'm like, let's just be crazy together. <laughs> that's fantastic. But I wanted to touch up though on this. This, this um, Because I, I opened the first page for it and I was like, oh, I got something starred that I want to read later. It was a project that you and Joe worked on, which was Moby Dick from the Deep. What made you want to make Moby Dick into a zombie <laughs> whale? <laughs> question uh, Moby Dick back from the deep well that is actually still ongoing I do want to make sure and say because that started as a web comic and we uh, still publish a new page every Friday so go check out back from the deep.com cheap plug but as far <laughs> as go. where this where this came from I I love telling this story uh, it was one of those really bad YouTube mashup videos where somebody took footage of the old um, it was a made-for-tv movie with Patrick Stewart as Captain Ahab and oh, I remember that. Have you seen this thing? They mashed it up with uh, footage what? from, I believe it's Millennium. And some the, the premise is that Ahab somehow travels through time and gets a aircraft carrier to give him a nuclear bomb. And then he goes back in time and drops the bomb on the whale and wins. And then it, it all ended with this great image of Patrick Stewart as Ahab like raising his hands in triumph and just screaming. And I don't know, for what for whatever reason that just got I need to find this. Because this sounds amazing. It's a great but it's it's terrible. Like it's horribly put together. (laughs) But it's just it's such a bizarre idea and I love bizarre ideas. So that just got the wheels in my head turning and just went from there like kind of played with this idea like okay what if Ahab was hunting the whale still today and he's been doing it for over a century so i so if the whale's still out there the whale is like this necrotized rotten corpse of a beast still out there causing chaos and ahab and his crew they're like undead zombies too kind of like pirates of the caribbean oh, man. Nice. sailing the seas hunting oh, him throughout all eternity and, and what's worse is moby dick is a giant creature yeah. So to just make him a zombie makes it so much worse. It's just like, no. It's just not just nope. like all the rules of zombie now apply to a giant sperm whale. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> that's just that's why? A, a very petty sperm it. whale. I love it. <laughs> petty, absolutely petty. You know, <laughs> I, instantly when I when yeah. I read when I read I, I I just read the headline and what you gave me, I was like, oh, this is my new cup of tea right now. I'm gonna go read this. I got something starred right here for later. <laughs> yeah, even just you know looking at your other previous work, like you know just kind of taking you know bringing things together and like one that pops up to me, and I, I got to know you know I know we're I know we're talking about your Kickstarter. But I wanted to know a little bit more about like, so you have Jesus Christ Demon Slayer. So yeah. what, what, was, what was that about? All right, that I like to tell people, that's based on a true story. So uh, it, it comes from, uh, it's generally referred to as the harrowing of hell. It's the, the legend of uh, what happened in between the time Jesus died on the cross and then rose from the dead three days later. Mm-hmm. And I actually talked with four different ministers just to get some insight on this thing. I did way more research than that my story deserved. <laughs> what I ultimately came back with was just this big Conan the Barbarian fighting monsters in hell for the visual. <laughs> uh, but uh, basically, the the common theme that I got from everyone I talked with, they, they said, you know, the, the common consensus among theologians is there is no consensus. Some say, you know, Jesus went down there and beat the crap out of the devil. Others say, nah, kind of. And others say, none of this happened at all. So I just decided that, man, I could take as much creative license as I want. And so that's, that's what I did. It's uh, Jesus descends down into hell and he challenges Satan and fights him for the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And to do that, he has to fight all kinds of, you know, demons and monsters and beasts. Like the first, first one he fights is the three-headed dog Cerberus. Then he fights Mammon. He fights uh, Abaddon. And then... <laughs> And he even had the confrontation with Judas, who was already. Where have you been my entire life? This is all the stuff that we've needed. This sounds so ridiculously awesome. Oh man! Oh man, that's like that sounds like a good time. Yeah, Yo, we, for real. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> that's like one of those things where you're reading it. You know, when we were on the train and we were able to go to the train, and you see like the cover and like someone looking like Jesus Christ, Demon Slayer. What? What the hell? <laughs> I will like, say you immediately are like. I need to look at this up. <laughs> right. Every time I go to conventions or uh, um, signings or whatever, particularly in the Bible Belt, that one always gets a lot of looks. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, do they do they look at it and think think it's something it's completely not? And then they're like, Whoa. I had my favorite uh, thing that happened. One guy, and it actually happened this year before everything shut down. He like walked by my booth. He, I saw him looking at it, and then he he walks away. Comes by a second time, he looks again, goes away. Then a third time, he looks at it, and I finally said, "You've got to at least look inside it, man. You've been checking." It <laughs> well, he picks it up and he looks at it a minute, and then he just looks at me and he says, "Are you respectful?" <laughs> I said, well, in my opinion, yes, I was. <laughs> like, I did the research. <laughs> and like you said, you spent more hours researching that than you so, probably so, and, and this will be my last question, and we'll go, we'll go back to Tommy. Did, when you spoke to the theologians about it, did you tell them what you were doing? Or it was, and they were like kind of curious on what the piece was going to be about? Uh, yeah, actually, um, the idea was actually given to me by a youth minister. He said, you know, you could tell this story and it'd be uh, controversial, but I bet you'd get a lot of traction from it. I just said, okay. <laughs> Bravo so to I, him. I held on yeah, to it. that's awesome. All right. Yeah, so, so most of them, yeah, I, I told them what I was trying to do. And because I said, I wanted, I wanted to be 
as accurate as I could, but without like trying to be, you know, just rigid and scholarly or whatever, just make it a fun story. And uh, yeah, uh, most of them knew me. So they were like, oh, you're going to do this, aren't you? So, <laughs> <laughs> we might as well just give your honest opinion and let you go. That's, that's so always funny. the best. That's, that's amazing. That's so um, I, again, I want to remind everybody who's listening right now, the Kickstarter is for Monster Hunter. The link is in the description below. Please check it out. Fun, it's at 69%. Hopefully it's more by the time you guys hear this. We want to get it 100% funded before December 4th. Actually, we want to get them double the money. Come on, you know. We, need, on, we need to get them some push goals. That's the, <laughs> push that's goals. a new goal. Anytime we have people with Kickstarter, we're just like, we'll get them funded. We just need to get them put, like fun push goals. So what are some of the levels that you have for people with Monster Hunters? What can people um, expect when they invest into Monster Hunters Kickstarters? What are some of the, you know, the prizes? Okay. I like to call them. Uh, of course, you can get a digital version. Uh, that's an option or a print version. We're offering both of those. But, uh, you know, we talked about Moby Dick and Jesus Christ Demon Slayer. We put together some some bundle packages, including those, if anybody is interested. You can get you can go all digital. You can go all print. You can get uh, Monster Hunter plus Moby Dick, all the issues so far. You can get Monster Hunter plus Jesus Christ, all the issues. Or you can get everything. If you want to get the whole shebang, it's a, by all means, we will offer that to you. Uh, we, also have a, we also have a T-shirt that I'm really proud of. It's real simple, but it just has the, the logo Monster Hunter for Hire with little text underneath that says, hey, it's a living. <laughs> I was kind of proud of that one. Yo, I love the, like, oh, man, like the approach to all of this. It's just like, yeah, I got to do it, but whatever. Like, he's so, it pays the bills. Love <laughs> it. <laughs> like I, I already, I've known this character for what all of ten minutes, and I'm just like, poor guy, <laughs> he needs yeah. a hug. Someone give him a hug and a beer. Yeah, like that was that's just like a perfect niche. Like I never, never even, never in a million years I ever thought about like just monster hunting just being this pain in the ass job <laughs> that I don't want to do. It's you know it's glorified or you're you're part of you're part of some secret cult right been called upon to fight to fight the you know the minions of 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 satan or you know you had a really you had really bad luck your family was killed and now you're out for revenge but you know those are usually how it's been not something like this and like you know that was just like you found it and that's awesome that's like really cool way of thinking and like (laughs) Like Law said, we've we've been talking to you for all of twenty minutes, and we're all in and feel bad for Tommy and kind of want to see what the hell happens to him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but uh, I want people to get to know who you are, who haven't met you, who haven't seen you at a show. What got you into comics? What inspired you to do comics? What inspired you to become a writer? Okay, well, I got inspired to be a writer probably the moment I started learning how to write. Like my parents, I like it's a story I like to tell too. There's a picture of me. Uh, in one of our first vacations down in Florida. And I'm sitting like in their, the hotel room, looking out at the beach, writing down a story about sharks killing people. So little six-year-old boy, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, from the moment I could write, I wanted to write stories and that just never stopped. That stayed with me forever. And from an early age, I was big into horror and I really don't know exactly how other than I think just because it was forbidden in a sense. It's like I mentioned Tales from the Crypt. 
um, every single episode started with that old tagline that people may remember. It said, uh, the following is not intended for all audiences, viewer discretion advised. Yep. And you and watched it. Boy, that was a disclaimer basically saying, stay tuned for something awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> Essentially, yes. Yo, where's the lie? <laughs> uh, that's all I can figure because, yeah, I just – I loved it ever since. I, I think if I even went to first grade with a folder that had Freddy Krueger on it. That was wow. the <laughs> kid. Oh, man. Um, but uh, you the, were the fun I, kid. I actually got into them later. I think I was more like 10 or 12 around the time of the uh, big Death of Superman story. And I actually got that issue. Like, and I remember reading it like, oh, this will be so cool. I'm going to see Superman die. And I remember – by the time I got to the end, I was like, no, don't kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, I had to keep yeah. reading to see how he came back. And he came back and I kept reading. And I've really kind of been reading ever since. So I uh, so, uh, read a lot of superhero comics. And then since I like horror, got back into some horror comics. And so when I started wanting to tell my own stories, I knew I wasn't going to tell superhero stories. So I, I started going back to the, the horror stories. That's, that's my cup of tea. Yeah. I mean, when, it, when did you decide, like it sounds like you have an idea of like a good foundation for horror, but like you kind of like diverted from the path. You're like, I'm going to take the roots and origins from a lot of these horror like tropes and stories. And I'm just going to do my own thing with them. Like when did that shift or when did you decide like that was going to be the case? Well, I always want to try to be a little bit different uh, because uh, you know, there's so many zombie stuff out there. So I don't want to just do a traditional zombie story. So I want to stand out a little bit and do something unique with and it. And make him Moby Dick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, like casually, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal at all. <laughs> so I, I think I can this one I can trace back to something specific that inspired me. There was a, a movie I saw with, you know, we mentioned Ash, Bruce Campbell. It was called Bubba Hotep. I don't know. Oh, if Bubba, Bubba Hotep. It's such a weird idea, the idea that uh, he plays Elvis, for people who don't know, who's in his, like, 70s, and the, the concept is Elvis never really died. He just swapped places with an impersonator, and that's who died, and now Elvis can't convince anybody who he is, so he's kind of wasting away, spending his final years in a uh, nursing home. And the only guy who believes him and is friends with him is Ozzie Davis, who is convinced that he is really John F. Kennedy. And it's this goofy, oh, wow. you know, this sort of goofy little buddy story, but then they have to defend this nursing home from a soul-sucking mummy who wears cowboy boots. And, <laughs> and that's who that's Bubba Hotep is? It's, yes. It's the weirdest, <laughs> most bizarre concept, and it makes you laugh. But when you watch, oh. there are moments in that film that honestly almost brought a tear to my eye because they were really touching and heartfelt. And it made some real strong statements about society. Mm. Honestly enough, I did not expect that. But I think that's what inspired me because it was just so weird and out there. And yet it still managed to just be such an intriguing and kind of uh, tug at your heartstrings kind of story. And and. I just decided right then, it's like, these are the stories I want to tell. I'm not going to tell uh, Marvel Avengers stories. I'm going to tell these kind of weird, goofy little movies that a handful of people really get into. No, but I, I again, I like, like we were saying, the whole concept of Monster Hunter, because like, 
we're making those jokes about oh you got the societies and that but those are just like stale tropes that you see like even right now people are trying to find ways to make monster hunters enjoyable and i think you have definitely found a way this guy's like, like hey, monster like, hunter horrible for hire like you could just yeah. go through the like yellow page and be like oh that guy like he could do it yeah go 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 take down this thing it's like why is that a normal thing like that you could just and I bet like people just don't even like you know care or like bat an eyelash towards it. And now to thank our sponsors. The Nerds of the Round is brought to you by Enbion. Make sure to use the code GETNERDYWITHIT to get 10% off merchandise and services such as web hosting, printing, and more at Enbion.com. But also too, going back into like, you know, letting people know who you are, big horror fan, get into comics. You also have written some comedy. What's the difference for you between writing between horror and comedy? What is the big two? Are there two different genres that you go into or do you find anything like common ground when it comes to writing them? I think they go hand in hand, honestly, um, because the best way to scare somebody is to make them laugh and put them at ease. And then once they're- Gotta make them trust you. Then hit them with a scare like, uh, I think Jaws famously did that with the first reveal of the shark where, uh, you know, the chief is says something he's ladling chum and he makes some kind of offhanded joke. And then all of a sudden this big giant head of a shark pops out. And I think audiences gasped at the time and might even faint it. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, and I think it also goes the other way as well, where you, you give somebody a big scare and they jump, they might even scream, but then they relax and they laugh about it. And a great example of that I think was Ghostbusters where like the very beginning, that first ghost in the library, maybe it's just cause I saw it when I was eight or nine years old. But when, when that woman like turns into that big monster that, that scared me to death. And then <laughs> minutes later I'm laughing because Bill Murray is a comic genius. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yeah. Love so, Bill Murray, man. I, I, so, so yeah, honestly, I, I think they go hand in hand. A lot of the best horror also has comedy. You know, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger. I know he got too funny toward the end, but he was a great master of using both horror and uh, comedy. Um, speaking of weird ones, there's an old movie called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. That's one of my favorites. Um, I give it to so, you. So yeah, that, that's my thinking. I think they go hand in hand. I, I love that, again, that you, you put them in hand-in-hand, bringing up killer clowns from outer space. Like, uh, the, the scene that always sticks out to me is the security guard. He looks at all these clowns getting out the clown car. He's like, what, you're going to hit me with pies? Literally, you know, these pies are going to melt them. And it was like, okay, you're laughing at it, but at the same time, this guy is melting. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I love the art on it. How did you guys, like, determine, like, that was going to be the style that you guys used? Okay, that was something that's very important to me because these are four different stories and I wanted four very distinct and different art styles. Mm -hmm. So when I went out to find, get these people to to do it for me, I tried to take into account the stories that this art was going to go with. Uh, Joe, who's done my uh, Moby Dick story, his artwork is uh, really kind of film noir type of visual to it. So he was perfect for the story about the mummy because we have Tommy... Uh, making his way through these dark halls of a museum at night, looking for this uh, sarcophagus and this mummy, trying to find it and figure out how to stop it. Uh, meanwhile, um, Alex Garcia, he did the story about the the giant. Now, Alex has done a lot of superhero stories, with a, not as much horror. He has done some, but I wanted him for that one because I thought, okay, we're doing a giant. We're in the mountains. I want something really like big, that scene uh, looks gorgeous. Like 
Oh, you yeah. guys need to go to the Kickstarter page. Look at it. I promise you, you would not well, be like disappointed. It's so, yeah. so gorgeous. Well, the last two, I want to make sure I give all of them the credit. Uh, Alex Green, her, she worked on the, um, the, the werewolf story and her artwork. I loved hers because it, it looks like it's pulled right out of the old uh, Universal monster films, which I have the entire library that because I'm that guy. Is that the one where they're in the woods and they're, they're coming slowly into frame? That's it. That was gorgeous. Oh, oh this is so a, nice, yeah, man. It's all, it's all. Shout out to incredible. all of your artists. Yeah. You pulled a really great team for this. And you can see the, the differences mm-hmm. between them, which is like awesome. It's really great. Last but not least, Tim Bauer did the one on the, the vampire, and his was important for that because he gives it kind of a, I felt like kind of a sexy look. And vampires these days, people think of them as sexy, so I wanted to go with that. And, and I play with that in the story as well. Well, I want to congratulate you guys. You guys um, have a goal. You're at 324. The goal is 500. Come on, people. We can get them to the goal. We want this book to come out. We have some often awesome rewards. And if you love the fact that you heard about Jesus Christ, Zombie Slayer, get that $20 pledge. Get that book right there. Yo, for real. Like, yeah. oh, I'm so, I'm hype. I'm excited. This now, sounds amazing. The question I have for you, and this is just, you know, my, my fun, because I, sometimes I like to ask little fun questions, little mashup questions. So you base Tommy off of Ash and Al Bundy. And then you're also telling me that you were your one of your big heroes was Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers. If you could take Ash and Al Bundy and give them all the prep time in the world and they verse Ash and Michael Myers in a type of WCW match, because you know NWO hat, come on, who is going to be your winner? <laughs> and there is a right answer, huh? <laughs> <laughs> choose, choose carefully because our, our audience is gonna be very, very uh Skeptical about this one. I have to ask, is this WCW before or after Vince Russo showed up? Because if it's after, the whole thing is definitely in it's in a big double DQ. No, no, we're, 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 we're going before <laughs> Russo. We're, we're going before yeah. Russo, before David Arquette was champion. Let's go. <laughs> I, I got to personally give the nod to Ash. He's teamed up with Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got to go with Ash and Michael. It's, it's a toss-up, but I feel like Jason is definitely going to be weighted down by Al Bundy, who is nothing but a jobber. <laughs> he may be the greatest jobber of all time, but let's just face it, he's the Brooklyn brawler of uh, comedy. I love that. That's it. That that's, is funny. What, that's going to be the tagline. That's it. Al Bundy, jobber. <laughs> yeah. so, so the Kickstarter say. Fully 100% there, gets everything done. What are some plans for Tommy? What are you looking to do with this character come down the line and everything? Because, again, I, I, I'm already in love with the character. Um, what are some of your future plans that you have for him? You know, there are so many monsters out there I'd love to uh, put him up against. Uh, you know, I mentioned zombies. I'd love to pit him against a, a horde of zombies where he has to take some of them down. And, and, and again, doing the same concept where... Uh, uh, something about it is not the way that it should be, and he's the one who has to suffer for it. It's always got to be him who suffers. Uh, a so lot they, like breaks for this kid. So man. they are, yeah, they are definitely not like slow walking zombies. They would be like those twenty eight days later zombies that are just oh, no. rushing you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, something he, along those lines. He'd get like five <laughs> seconds of them slow walking, and he's like, I, I could just. Pop, pop. Just, mean, you know, pop like, one off, pop one twitch, off here. Twitch and like full dash at him. He's yeah. like, what the hell is going on? 
Yeah. No, I, I really, I like, I like that idea too. Cause like, um, it's kind of going off that same basis that the reader goes with like every most, most like famous monsters have like the specific tropes that we're all used to. So it's like, and he's treating it like that and we're treating it like that. So it's just, it's a surprise for both the character and the reader or, mm-hmm. or, you know, if that's the instance or something, I know like there's usually like some exposition where the reader knows, Oh, that's not going to work, but Tommy doesn't know. And then you're just kind of waiting for that shoe to drop and then to see how he reacts. But I think that's a really cool uh, bit that you kind of going based off that universal monster knowledge that we all have and kind of just flipping it on what your unique twist is. Yeah. And I'd like to work, play more with, uh, you know, we've got all the, the mainstream ones that you can play with, you know, you have the zombies, you got vampires, werewolves. Uh, I'd also like to play with some of the more lesser known ones. Like I mentioned the, like a giant, something from folklore, maybe pit mm-hmm. him up against a troll, uh, tell a story with that. There was a fantastic, I think it was a comedy. But it was done like one of those, uh, found footage films called troll, yeah, troll, troll hunters. Oh, the one on Netflix. Yeah. I actually it was, heard it was really good. It, it really is. It's a, it's weird, which is right up my alley. So I have to, <laughs> okay, I have to with that. But uh, yeah, looking for different folklore monsters for him to go after as well. Cause those are real fun because I mean, there really are no expectations with them. You can do whatever you want. Um, as fun as nice. it is to play with expectations and tropes with the, the mainstream monsters. It's also fun to just have complete freedom to just really go nuts and do whatever you want with the creature because people don't know much about them and there are no rules. I like when yeah, we, yeah, you can pull from so much legend and folklore and all these yeah. other like, you know, stories that kept like people up at night, you know, back yeah. in the day. You're just like, yeah, I'm going to take this character. You're like, oh, yeah, don't do that. And he's like, but that's how you're supposed to stop. Like the story says you're supposed to stop him this way. How, how is he supposed it, it, to do this? It's like, like different cultures have different things. Like, yeah, the European version says this. Have you heard of the East Asian version? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be a good time. <laughs> you know, something like that. You know, like, you know, Puerto Ricans, we have a, we've got a thing that drinks sheep's, uh, that, sh- that drinks sheep's blood, you know? Like I yeah. almost suggested that he go against him, <laughs> and I feel so bad for Tommy already that I'm like, I can't suggest the Stripper Cabra, but he should. I feel like it'd be funny. I feel like it'd be funny, but I would feel so bad that I'm the, the one who suggested it. Yeah, so. I'd really uh, like to pit him against like a unicorn because people think unicorns uh, are all beautiful. Oh, no. <laughs> I'd be like, no, actually, unicorns are bloodthirsty, vicious beasts. They're <laughs> like the hippos of the fairy tale creatures. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be a fun story to tell. Yeah. I am all for it. it it's, oh. it's the last few years. Like, oh, nope, it's not Just my little pony. Unicorn. <laughs> Just compared a unicorn to a like a murderous water horse yes exactly so, before we go off the rails with the with the murderous water horse uh, is there a cast of characters that surrounds tommy in these stories like characters that we're going to see reoccurring or anything like that um that he um deals with or we're just following the adventures of tommy and maybe some unfortunates uh, at the moment, it's, it's just centers around Tommy. Uh, I don't want to rule out that I, I wouldn't bring in some sidekicks in the future, but right now, yeah, these are definitely his stories and, and his misery and his misery. <laughs> nice. I just love it. That's it. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> nice. And uh, so I've been perusing around your, your website. And so it looks like you, you're just the jack of all trades. I saw you have your own podcast. Uh, and one thing that came up to me, the three of us are avid D&D tabletop fans. And I saw that you have a board a tabletop game called Isle of Death. Could you tell us a little bit about that? 
Sure, uh, that's for Pinnacle Entertainment. And that was, that was really fun, uh, except for um, I grew up playing D&D, so I, I, I know like the, the, the broad strokes of how you do tabletop gaming. I didn't know all of Pinnacle's rules, so they had to really hold my hand a lot to get all the rules done. <laughs> but it was that was a fun thing to do because they they wanted they did a handful of things that they wanted. Like uh, the Isle of Death was a, the one where I was able to come up with a complete campaign all on my own. Like all the other ones, they were like, hey, "Here's a creature we want you to work with, put this together." But that time they said, "Look, we just want something to do with war." So I said, "Okay." And the, the idea was this sort of mashup of Island of Dr. Moreau and a sequence from the, the old animated heavy metal movie. If Ooh. anybody's familiar oh, with it, okay. sequence where a uh, World War II bomber goes down on this island and then all these zombies yep. rise up and come after the, the lone survivor. So that's really what that Isle of Death was playing with. So like this bomber crashes on this island in the middle of World War II and there's this mad scientist. It's all very, you know, uh, 1940s science fiction type stuff where this mad scientist is doing gene splicing and he's making, he's resurrecting the dead to create an army of undead for Hitler. And on top of that, he's uh, making all these sort of hybrid monsters. Like there's this uh, hulking brute, just this massive beast there and a, uh, like a human crocodile hybrid. Uh, it was one of those where they just said, go nuts any monster you want, throw it in there. And I, I threw everything I could come up with. And uh, yeah, that, that was just, that was really fun to do. It's been, been a long time. I'd love to do it again. Just haven't had the opportunity. We're at that point of the episode where I want you to plug the Kickstarter again, because I want this drilled into people because we're going to get monster hunter. We're going to get monster hunter funded. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's the whole point. Right Kickstarter here. where we can find you, your podcast, everything that you do. Okay, sure. We'll, we'll start with the Kickstarter. Uh, just look up Monster Hunter for Hire. I also, to make things simple, created my own URL with uh, the tiny URL. So just tinyurl.com slash Monster Hunter Kickstarter. And I am plugging it all over my social media. So you can follow me on Twitter at TheMattShore, on Instagram at TheShore, and on Facebook, my wife and I uh, have, that's where we run our, uh, I guess you call it our print studio, Shore Manor Studio. Just go facebook.com slash Shore Manor. And I believe that's all of the social media plugs there. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, there's my website, mattshore.net. Uh, as for my podcast, that, that does kind of deviate away from horror. I worked in journalism for a community newspapers for about eight years. And I uh, wanted to I feel like in the past few years, without getting into the specifics of why, I feel like journalists have been really maligned and unfairly so, um, especially ones at the, the, the local level. Um, I'm not going to try to defend you know, national pundits or anything, but the, the average uh, journalist who works in, for a small newspaper, they're just like anybody else. They're just doing their job, and they're trying to keep you informed about what's going on in town. And I just wanted to let those people tell their stories and uh, describe what they're like, because I felt like if people just had a chance to, to hear these people describing their lives, then uh, they wouldn't picture them as these, uh, these people in their ivory towers without any idea what's actually going on. Because your local journalists, they're right there in it. They're on the forefront of history in these little bitty towns. And then they know what's going on. And the other thing is, small town journalists have some really goofy and weird stories to tell. I, I can attest to this. <laughs> like in one of the first episodes, I talked about the time that I was riding in a manhunt 
with a, a sheriff all over the county. I grew up in this county, and he found parts of it that I didn't know existed. Uh, and it all <laughs> the whole thing ends with us driving past an Amish buggy, and the guy in the buggy starts waving and pointing in the back. And come to find out, the guy they were looking for decided to hitch a ride with this Amish man. <laughs> Yo, what? That's how the whole thing is. <clears throat> That's he was crazy. armed and dangerous. Everybody, they locked down schools. People were terrified that he was going to kill somebody. But the whole thing ends with uh, the sheriff just pulls up, looks over in the buggy and says, are you who I'm looking for? He says, yes, sir, I am. <laughs> and that's how it all ended. <laughs> that's, wow. that's small town journalism for you. Oh, man. And, so that, and it probably helps with inspiring like the creativity up here I'm when it sure. comes to stories oh, yeah. and everything. Because you can't make that up. I mean, yeah, I mean <laughs> who would have thought an Amish guy was going to throw someone else under the bus? Like, I wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have thought that one but yeah that's that's great yeah, guys, that's, that's just something that happens another time one of my favorites i was i looked up i'm at my desk i look up and out the window is main street and i see a cow run through the middle of the road which is already weird <laughs> I see that wasn't the weird thing there's more to the story folks yeah i see a group of vets chasing this cow on foot <laughs> five seconds later i see a group of police chasing the vets on foot through the road. And I looked back at my editor who saw it too, and I said, I got to go take a picture of that, don't I? <laughs> 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 that's amazing. Oh, man, that's great. I, I think Tommy wants your job. <laughs> <laughs> my job is definitely easier than Tommy's. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. Again, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, that was awesome, man. Yeah, again, like, everyone, uh, check out the Kickstarter. The link is in the description below. Um, again, Matt, thank you for coming on to let us learn more about Monster Hunter. This has been your boy, Sebastian. It's your boy, Law. And your boy, Tone from across the hall. And you guys stay nerdy. Peace. Peace out, everybody. everybody.